Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I'm at the football game. I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination football game and grocery store. Wait, you're at the football game what? and the grocery store? Nah. I'm at the combination football game and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between football and the grocery store. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, take over right now. This is your Passover. What does that mean? This is the time that you have set aside. You said we should honor this feast forever, forever, forever. Not just because of what you did for the Egyptians thousands of years ago. But you, Jesus, you became our Passover lamb when you shed your blood. And because we believe in you, that means, Father, that the same thing you did for the Egyptians or for the Hebrews in the book of Exodus, it's the same thing that you will do for us. So death had to pass over them. Guess what? It's got to pass over us. You bless them instantaneously. Guess what? You're going to bless us instantaneously. We're going to a, open your mouth and say it, a new altitude right now in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands and tell God thank you. Open up your mouth while you're clapping. Can you do both of them at the same time? Let's go. So we're in a series called A New Altitude, and we're looking at words that end in ood, U-D-E, uh, as they affect our altitude. Because the suffix ood, it means to take action and to change something. And hear me, there are changes in you that need to match what God's about to do. See, God doesn't want to take, watch me, take your life to another altitude, but you, watch me, but your character's not a new altitude. God doesn't just want you to have cash, cars, and clothes, but your character is not very good. God is not just interested in you acting like you got it together. Look at me. God is interested in you having it together. See, sometimes, watch this, when you're coming up, you learn to fake it until you make it. And consequently, you begin to live life that way. So you have to act happy, but you're not. You have to act like you got joy, but you're not. You have to act like you're blessed, but you're not. You have to act like you're up when you're down. God says, I'm not interested in you acting. Watch me. I'm interested in you being that thing. And so what is this series about? This is about getting you ready for what God is about to do in your life. And I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm taking action. Come on and say it. Say, I'm changing some things. Come on, open your mouth and say it. Change, watch me, change around you starts in you. And so... In the first message of this series, we learned that there were some things that we needed to exclude in order to increase our altitude. If you've ever watched a rocket take off, as it begins to accelerate, 
and it begins to increase its altitude, there are certain things that have to fall off of it. Watch me. They were necessary down here, but as it began to increase its altitude, it's no longer necessary. Matter of fact, not only is it not necessary, it's in the way. And you better hear me. There are certain things in your life that are no longer necessary. Matter of fact, they're in the way. I need to tell somebody tonight that attitude you've been putting up, you better hear me. Not only is it not necessary anymore, you're not in that same relationship anymore. Stop treating all the new people like the old people. Yup. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. God says, not only is it not necessary, but it's in the way. I prophesy to you that everything that's in you and everything that's on you that's in the way, that in this month, it would fall off. Come on here. I need you to open your mouth and say, yes, Lord. So listen, listen. In, in the first message, guys, we learned that we need to exclude some things in order to increase our altitude. Not only are there certain things we do that are no longer necessary, they were, in fact, in the way. And watch me. In this, we saw this from Exodus chapter 4. In Exodus chapter 4, God tells Moses, Moses, it's finally time for you to go be what you are called to be. Stop. Can I be honest? As a pastor, here's what I've discovered. Is that people are often comfortable until it is time to do what it was they were created to do. It's easy, watch me, it's easy to get ready for it, but when you're in it, you get scared. Shut up. It's easy to talk about, I'm getting ready to go higher, but then when you start going higher, all of a sudden, watch me, watch me, when you go higher, you want to know what else happens? When you go higher, the air gets thinner. Mm. When you go higher, that means the fire is hotter, which means, watch me, it's easy to get ready for it. But listen, there's a lot of people that when they're in it, they get scared. But I rebuke your fear, I rebuke your anxiety, and I rebuke your panic. I declare that, watch me, that when you're in what you're supposed to do, you ain't going to mess it up. So he says, Moses, it's time for you to finally be what it is that you are called to be. He says, Moses, your name, Hebrew in uh, Moshe is what your name is. And so what that means is that, watch me, they named him that because they drew him out of the Nile. But his name was prophetic. They were telling him, Moses, not only did we draw you out of the Nile, but every time we say Moses, it's prophesying that you're about to draw some people out of their Nile. Mm literally Moses you're going to draw the people out of 430 years of Egyptian slavery here's what I love about it Moses when he was born uh, the Bible says that it was prophesied that they would be in slavery for 430 years but God started getting Moses ready before the 430th year you better hear me which means watch me before you ever faced a problem God got your solution ready you missed what I just said. I need you to understand that, watch me, whatever you're facing that's negative, it has an expiration date. Every fake, phony friendship you got in your life, it has an expiration date. Every negative scenario and situation you're dealing with, it has an expiration date. And way before you got in your problem, God got your solution ready. He got Moses ready from a long time ago and said, boy, you're going to be the one that's going to get it done. I need you to lay your hands and prophesy on yourself. Say, I will be what I'm called to be. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen, which means, watch me, the chosen ones are the ones that show up when they're called. See, there's, look at me, look at me. Some of you, you're sitting on your call because you won't choose. Because you have decided that you're going to compare yourself to your bloodline. And when you compare yourself to them, it don't take much to look like you're doing better. 
I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I need you to know God says, listen, I didn't send you just to pay bills and die. I didn't send you just to have kids and die. I didn't send you just to go to school and die. I sent you so that when you leave the earth, you have left an indelible mark. And when you leave the earth, you've left a mark that cannot be erased. That when you watch me, that when you move, things happen. I need you to open up your mouth and say, this year and this decade, I'll be what I'm called to be. But when God gives Moses this opportunity, what does he give him? He gives him a list of excuses. I can't do it because of this reason. I can't do it because of this reason. I don't speak well. I don't do this. I don't know this. As if God didn't know those things before God called them. Look at me. A lot of the times you think you're announcing stuff bad about you to God like he don't know. Like, like you think God don't know what you was looking at the other day. Come on, let's talk. You act like God doesn't know what you were thinking the other day. Come on, let's talk. God is like, listen, I know everything about you and I still want you. What kind of love? is this that he knows everything about us he knows every thought he knows every action he knows every intent and he says i still want you in the middle of your muck and mire i want you i saw you polluted in your own blood and i still i need you to type that on the screen say he still wants me but moses keeps giving god excuses so in Exodus 4 and 13 moses just finally gets to it but he said oh my lord please send someone else Moses' excuses, what did we learn on Sunday? His excuses reveal his pride. What's an excuse? It's a reason why you didn't get done what you could have got done. Just that simple. Can I help you with something with people? This will really help you. It's helped me really deeply. It'll, it'll, it'll help you. Uh, it'll help, especially those of you who get frustrated with people, because a lot of times your frustration is in your expectation. Y'all missed it. See, you expect people to be like you. Let's talk. You expect people to respond like you. You expect people to handle it like you because you would have said something to them. You expected them to say something to you. Let's talk. Because you would have made sure nobody watched me. Nobody blindsided them. You, uh, you make sure you, you would expect them to do that for you. But watch me. That's where your problem is with people. You need to learn how to just deal with people wherever it is that they are. And don't expect more than what they've proven they have the ability to produce. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so check this out. So, so, so Moses gives God all of these excuses. He says, I can't do it as if God does not know the reality of what's going on with Moses. And so he says, just send someone else. He makes excuses and excuses are a form of pride. See, your issue many times with people is that you were expecting they would get it done because you would get it done. Not realizing, watch me, their excuse really revealed their pride. There's only two things true about adults. You ready? Here's the first one. They do what they want to do. Here's the second thing that's true about adults. It's very similar to the first one. They do what they want to do. Adults only do what they want to do. So for some of you, watch me, some of you, you keep going, watch me, round and round. You keep going to the merry-go-round round with people and your friendships, with some of your family relationships, with some of the people you're dating. And you're like, I'm just sick of dealing with this. Well, then listen, if you're so sick of dealing with it, then watch this quarantine. You missed what I just said. If you're sick of dealing with it, quarantine. You better learn how to social distance from... Y'all ain't telling me. You need to learn how to socially distance from some people because they keep doing the same mess, the same stuff, the same drama, the same issue, the same yin, the same who shot jump. And sometimes you got to say, you know what? I have just come to realize you are not going to be able to produce better or more than you're doing, so I accept that where it is, but what that is ain't what I need. Oh, I need you to open your mouth and and just say yes Lord so listen Moses excuses reveal his pride look at me everybody every time we make an excuse can I be honest with you we're revealing pride okay and we did we dealt with this then we go into this thing in depth on Sunday we went through it in depth 
Now, check this out. Pride is an emotion which is an inflated sense of one's status or accomplishment. What do we learn? It's synonymous with hubris, which is overconfidence and arrogance. There's nothing wrong with being confident. There is something wrong with being overconfident. See, confidence, watch me, it's secure because it's prepared. Mm. Overconfidence, watch me, is insecure because it's unprepared, but it pretends to be secure. Got it? And arrogance. What's arrogance? It's a sense of superiority. You think you're better than somebody because of a resume that you made. Here's what's amazing about arrogance is that normally, can I be honest with you? Normally, the most arrogant people are the people with the very least to show for their lives. Okay, got quiet right there. Normally, most arrogant people are the people that have no fruit to show. You know why? Because the only thing they have is their pride. Mm. So they use that as their way to, I'm this, I'm that. It, it, it is this sense of superiority, self-importance. You think you're better than everybody else. You think you're more important than everybody else. You will sacrifice, watch me, the goal of the whole to fit your attitude. You will sacrifice the goal of the whole to fit, but I'm just feeling some type of way. But do you not understand? Watch me. This is why I salute all of our medical workers and doctors and nurses during this time. Why? Because they have literally said, I will reduce my self-importance because the oath I took to make sure that I use my life to care for other people, I got to keep my oath. What would happen if you took that same approach? They literally say, listen, I'm going to be on the front lines doing what I got to do, even if that might expose me to something that's harmed other people, I got to reduce my self-importance because the whole is more important than the singular. Y'all didn't hear what I just said right there. And then it's entitlement. We live in a world of people that feel entitled. This is arrogance. It's entitled. I deserve this. Not because I worked for it, but because I'm breathing. <laughs> I deserve this. Not because I did anything to earn it. And the danger of acting entitled, watch me, is that when you act entitled, you're going to act that way to the wrong person who doesn't see that you're entitled. And then everything you thought you were entitled to, watch me, they'll take the title from. See, some of you, watch me, you got high and God had to take you low because when you got high, you felt entitled, so he had to take the title. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And I need you to be grateful that he loved you enough to take the title so the title didn't destroy you. That he loved you enough to take the rank, to take the position, to take the relationship, to take the whatever needed to be taken, that he loved you enough to do it so that it wouldn't create your destruction. So watch me. Pride practices, what did we learn on Sunday? Ingratitude. I'm just reviewing to make sure we're on the same page. Ingratitude. What does that mean? It means to be ungrateful. It means, watch me, uh, that you don't feel nor show gratitude. I told you on Sunday, that was really interesting to me because it's one thing not to show it. You know, sometimes we don't know how to show gratitude to people, especially people that we feel have done a lot for us. Like, what do you say beyond thank you? You know, sometimes people say, listen, what do you get somebody that has everything? I say, some more. <laughs> listen, my cup runs over, y'all. You, you, you get them some more. You know, people say, well, I don't know what to get someone. Say, get them some more. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, but, but ingratitude says, not only am I not going to show it, I don't even feel like I'm supposed to show it. You ever gone out of your way to help somebody? Watch me. And, and, and not only did they not show thank you, when you tried to, you know, mention, because you got a hint of petty in you, like, you ain't going to say thank you. They looked at you like, well, what am I going to say thank you for? See, I, I need y'all to hear me tonight. We've all dealt with that. Uh, it doesn't show thanks and gratitude doesn't. It doesn't show appreciation. It's not agreeable. That was interesting to me because agreeable doesn't mean uh, on the surface that, you know, it's just a person that goes along to get along. Agreeable means follow instructions. Listen, ingratitude doesn't follow instructions because it thinks it knows better. 
The danger of ingratitude is that ingratitude, watch me, ingratitude is going to destroy your altitude. Why? Because the moment God begins to see that you feel not only entitled, not only superior, not only self-important, uh, but watch me, that you don't follow instructions, then your altitude has to begin to reduce because God won't let you ruin his name. You missed what I just said right there. There are certain things in the Bible that the Bible says, and the Lord did for the sake of his name. And so watch me. God says, I can't let you continue to ascend with that type of an attitude. Let's talk. I cannot allow you to not follow instructions. Watch me. But you want to give them. Let's talk. I cannot allow you to continue to go around causing issues in every organization. You cause an issue at the church. You cause an issue on your job. You cause issues in your family because you won't follow instructions. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, make me agreeable. See, you may not understand the instruction, but you're not in the seat to need to understand it. Your job is to follow the instruction. Can I be honest with you? Pride says, well, I need to know why. Why is none of your business sometimes? Y'all just got quiet right there. It got super quiet right there. Then finally, watch me. Ingratitude, it means repellent. Repellent. It pushes away. See, pride will turn into ingratitude. It practices ingratitude. And that ingratitude, it's repellent. It pushes away what it really needs. And we see this. Stay with me. You're like, Bishop, we, we, we hit this. I know, but I need to take you back there so we can go forward. Watch. It, it literally means, watch me, in this, that when you're repellent, you literally will push away what you need. So in Exodus 4, 24, we see pride in practice. Why? Moses was about to be put to death, but God spares him. Everybody say God spared him. Now, you would think that Moses would be grateful. You would think he would thank Zephora. Zephora was his wife. She took up the foreskin of one of her sons and the blood, and she put it on Moses. Watch me. So that the blood covered Moses, which means this Passover wasn't the first Passover. You, 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 you better hear what I'm saying. This one wasn't the first one because the blood covered Moses. Watch me. Before Moses could use the blood to cover them, mm, the blood had to cover him. See, some of you, you're going through it first because you're going to be the one to cover somebody later on. I need some of y'all to hear me tonight. Even for those of you that have dealt with coronavirus, some of you dealt with it on the front end so that you'd be able to cover some people on the back end. And God wasn't punishing you. God was just letting the blood get you through. Somebody yell a yes, Lord. So you would think that Moses would be grateful. You would think that Moses said, thank you to Zephora. Thank you to Zephora's son. Or at least say, thank you, God. But this joker so prideful, he felt entitled to be passed over. <clears throat> he felt entitled to be healed. See, you got to be careful because if God senses that you feel entitled, there might be things that are being withheld because God says, you ain't going to tell me thank you. But I, here's what we're about to do across America and around the world. Before we see God do it, we're going to tell him thank you for it. On three, release a thank you praise. One, two, three, go. Go, 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 go. Get up out of your chair. Clap your hands. I don't care if those people on the third floor hear you. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. Come on, Harvest. In New York, do it. In Atlanta, do it. In Houston, do it. In Los Angeles, do it. Somebody holler, thank you, Jesus. Let's move. Moses doesn't say thank you because his pride practices ingratitude. He doesn't practice gratitude. So on the second message, Sunday, we learn that gratitude does four things. I'm just going to hit it real fast. Gratitude gives God its all. Say, Lord, I owe you all of me. If you hold out, heaven will too. 
You miss me. If you hold out, heaven will too. There are certain things that can't be released because you're hold out. See, there are certain levels of favor you need that are only on the other side of you taking action. But because you're holding out and taking action, heaven says we're not giving you that favor. See, the first time the children of Israel, stay with me, this is going to help somebody. The first time the children of Israel faced a big body of water that they had to cross, it was the Red Sea. Moses lifts his arms, the Red Sea parts, the, uh, the uh, ground becomes dry, and they're able to walk across. Now, check this out. The second time they face a body of water, it's called the Jordan. When they face the Jordan, God doesn't part it like that. When they face the Jordan, the, the priests have to get in the water. You miss me. See, they couldn't hold out. See, the last miracle they saw, they did it from the coastline. This miracle, you got to get in that tank. And I need you to just open up your mouth and say, Lord, forgive me for holding out on you. Yeah, forgive me for holding out on my praise. Forgive me for holding out on my worship. Forgive me for holding out and giving you glory. Forgive me for holding out in my faith. Forgive him. Forgive me for holding out in my faith. Forgive me. Because see, the last time God let you do it from the coastline. This time he said, you got to get in there. And once they got in the water, then the water began to split. And I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but you better hear me. There's something you're waiting on heaven for. And heaven says, we'll do it as soon as you stop holding out. You don't need favor to get through the Jordan if you're going to stay on the coast. Shut up. You don't need favor to get to that next altitude if you decided you're going to fly your plane low. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number two, gratitude goes in. We learned on Sunday that it goes in. It offers God the sacrifice of praise. It offers God the sacrifice of worship. You would figure that Moses would have gave God at least a praise, at least a dance, at least a thank you hand emoji. Something. Moses doesn't do it. Number three, gratitude gives up worry. The Bible says worry about nothing. Don't be anxious for anything, but by everything in prayer and supplication, make your requests known to the Lord, which means, watch me, gratitude says once I give it to God, I give up the right to worry. Look at me. Some of you, you missing sleep. You literally have taken back what you said you gave God. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You literally have taken back what you said you offered to the Lord. And I need you to hear me. If you take it back, you're practicing ingratitude. And if you're practicing ingratitude, you're practicing pride. Can I be honest with you? What you're telling God when you worry is, I got this because you don't. And you need to know your God has never failed you. You need to know he's never left you. You need to know he's never thrown you away. I need you to open your mouth and say, he's been faithful. Yes, he has. So look, so look, so look, look. The fourth thing gratitude does is gratitude is consistent. And we began to look at what God made Moses go through. That's where we're going. You ready? Let's get into Passover. We began to look at what God made Moses go through. So God tells Moses, hey, listen, since you don't want to talk, go, I'll speak to you. You speak to your brother Aaron. Aaron will be your prophet. What's a prophet? One who speaks to God's people on behalf of God. He says, you'll be God to Aaron and to Pharaoh okay got it he says and Aaron will go speak on your behalf to Pharaoh since you don't want to talk since you feeling all scared and you feeling some type of way God says you're not going to slow me down because watch me because we're in the 430th year there are certain things God says watch me I need you to hurry up because you're not going to slow me down for many of you watch me what you have prayed for watch me is literally waiting to show up in April 
It's literally waiting to show up. And God says, I need you to get out of my way because you don't have a right to slow me down. Y'all ready? Let's go. He says, so you will speak to, uh, you will speak to Aaron and Aaron will speak to Pharaoh. And this is how we're going to do this thing. And so they begin to go through this uh, process. And so they go and God says to Moses, he says, when you ask him to let the people go, I'm going to harden his heart, make him say no. Now, for God to have to harden Pharaoh's heart, what does that tell us? Pharaoh's natural inclination was to let them go. I need you to catch this. Pharaoh is the enemy of the Hebrews. Pharaoh's natural inclination was to let them go. But God said, I'm going to make him say no. And what did we learn on Sunday? He says, watch me, I'm going to get the glory over the Egyptians. But what did we learn on Sunday? Moses has started practicing this prideful pattern. And so the ten plagues were actually, watch me, they were Moses postponing their deliverance. Moses' pride postponed their progress, postponed them going to a new altitude, so they had to go through ten plagues. Question, what is it you're going through that you didn't have to, but that's because of you? Come on, let's get it. Moses, Moses doesn't practice gratitude. He practices pride. And pride, what did we learn on Sunday? It never sees itself. So pride has to fall so it can face itself. The only way pride sees itself is that it has to drop altitude. You missed me. <laughs> you missed me. The only way, and what happens when you drop altitude? You have turbulence. You better hear me. Some of you, you got turbulence in your house. You got turbulence in your finances. You got turbulence in your mind. You got turbulence. Watch me. And God says, listen, that altitude drop, y'all ain't saying that. That altitude drop is you activating Proverbs 16, 18. Prideful patterns activate Proverbs 16, 18. What does the Bible say? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, a drop in altitude. Uh-oh. See, you thought it wasn't a big deal because you didn't crash. But you didn't pay attention to the fact that you went from 35,000 feet down to 10,000 feet. See, some of y'all, watch me. The Bible says that some men's see, uh, sins uh, lead immediate to immediate judgment and some are delayed. See, some of you think, watch me, nothing happened when I acted crazy like that, so maybe God ain't going to do nothing. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Just like you have certain people who do certain things to you. And when they do certain things to you, they're like, you know what? Well, God didn't do nothing, so apparently he ain't going to say nothing. God is like, but what you didn't understand is that altitude shift that you just took. It took your plane from, watch this, increasing altitude to now you're decreasing altitude, which means you ain't going to crash, watch me, instantaneously. You're going to crash over time. But I need you to open up your mouth and say, I won't crash. Say, I will go to a new altitude. So, so look, so look, so look, Proverbs 16, 18 says that a haughty spirit, prideful, arrogant, hubris, it has falls, drops in altitude. That means unnecessary affliction, unnecessary breaches. What is a breach? It means there's a, I'm here. What I need is over there. There's a breach. So there's no bridge. See, some of you, you can see what you need, but you can't get it. So there's a breach. That breach, watch me. That breach was created by pride. All right, let's move. It means unnecessary breaking, unnecessary bruises, unnecessary crashing, unnecessary hurting. That's what that means. I'm going to give it to you again for my note takers. I know I'm talking fast, all right, but you'll be all right, note takers, all right? Unnecessary affliction, 
unnecessary breaches, unnecessary breaking. See, watch me. Maybe the reason the relationship had to end is because it made you prideful. Let's talk. So some of you, watch me, when you are by yourself, you're the best self. Mm. But when you're in a relationship, it in, watch me, it inflames your pride. And when y'all ain't saying that to me, it inflames your pride. You walking around thinking you something. Look, I'm somebody. Look, 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 look. And God is like, okay, I'm going to have to cause, watch me, an unnecessary break. Which is going to drop your altitude. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Bruises. Maybe you didn't have to go through that fight. Somebody say, oh my God, it's been such a rough fight. Maybe you literally like walked up in there. Some of you get, watch me, some of you get in the middle of other people's fights. And then you wonder why you got bruises. You got bruises because you don't know, watch me, how to let other grown people ha handle their problems. Every, look, look at me. Every problem is not yours to solve. Let's move. I got to move. Crashing and hurting. This is why they had to endure ten plagues. Now, ten, in biblical numerology, it means, watch me, the number of divine perfection. So ten means it's divine, which means this wasn't the devil. I need you to say this. Say, it's not the devil. Say, it's divine. It's not the devil. It's divine. But check this out. Ten means divine perfection. So God used the plagues to perfect Moses to purge his pride. Say it again. God used the plagues to perfect Moses to purge his pride. Let me take you further in this. Because the Bible says that God kept hardening Pharaoh's heart. Who did it? God. His natural desire, what did I say, was to let them go. Otherwise, you don't have to harden the heart of a man whose heart's already hardened. I need you to see the divine part. The divine part is that they kept going through it. You missed that. The divine part is that they kept going through it. Watch me. See, they keep going through this cycle. So every day, God says, get up, go ask him to let the people go, and I'm going to tell him no. Ten times he has to repeat the same thing, knowing it's not going to work. Because he's trying to teach Moses, you're going to learn some gratitude, and your gratitude is going to be consistent. I'm going to make you consistent at what ain't showing you no fruit. Ow! I'm going to make you consistent at what don't look like it's working, because you're going to learn to have some gratitude so you can purge your pride. Are you ready? Let's keep moving. Let's go. So watch me. What was really going on? God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So he does this because Pharaoh's pride is a mirror to Moses. Because sometimes it takes your enemies to see your inner me. Sometimes God uses your enemies to show you your inner me. If you're honest, if you look at your enemies, some of what you hate about them is what's in you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. See, watch me, watch me. Some of y'all are like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just bold. And what you don't like about your enemy is they are too. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Pharaoh's pride was a mirror to Moses. God's like, Moses, you don't get it. So I'm going to empower someone to say no to you. That, watch me, they want to tell you yes. They want to give it to you. They want to bless you. They want to favor you. I'm going to make them say no, Moses. And I'm going to make it happen ten times. Because I'm going to use your enemy or your enemy to show you your enemy. Pharaoh is a mirror. And I need you to open up your mouth and say, thank you, Lord, for showing me me. 
I know that's not good English. I know. I just want you to say it like that. Say, thank you for sowing me myself. Now, check this out. Check this out. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress. So, so check this out. This message tonight on this Passover is called Let's Get Denude. <laughs> not, not in the nude. That ain't what I said. Let's get denude. Somebody say denude. Denude means, watch me, to uncover. Had Moses uncovered his pride at plague one, there would be no need for nine. Had Moses uncovered his pride, watch me, when they were having conversations and God says, you're my guy for the job. Had Moses shut his mouth. Can I get you to lay your hands on yourself and speak real strong to yourself? Say, shut up sometimes. I'm not trying to tell you to be rude. I'm just trying to tell you everything that comes to your head don't need to come out of your mouth. Because had Moses, watch me, had Moses just simply said, God, I tell you, listen, I don't understand it. But what did Mary say when the angel came and said, you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost? I don't understand this, but watch this. Be it unto me according to your word. And sometimes you, watch me, your pride is because you don't understand the why. And because you don't understand the why, you get prideful with God. And God says, I need you to give me glory, watch me, on a what, even if you don't have a why. I dare watch me across America and around the world for you to just give God three seconds of glory for the what, even though you don't understand or comprehend the how. Come on, y'all. Glory to God. Watch, 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 watch. Moses doesn't get denuded. He doesn't uncover. So God uses Pharaoh to uncover Moses to himself. I'm going to back that thing up so you can get it. God uses your mama. Hmm? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? God uses that person who used to be your BF, who is now your NBF, no more best friend. In MBF, excuse me. Got me. God used your daddy. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. He was using them to help you denude. To uncover you to you, he used them. And I need I need y'all, I need y'all to get this. I need you to get this. And I need you to say thank you for doing it, Lord. Thank you for doing it. See, watch me, watch me. What God was trying to do with Moses was to make him get denuded so he didn't have to lose. And as we enter the biblical feast, that's what God wants to do. Reveal you to you so you can go to a new altitude. I need you to speak this out of your mouth. Say, I'm going to a new altitude. So here we are. We are in the biblical feast. And you need to know that God, know the Bible, is based off the Gregorian calendar named after Pope Gregory uh, that goes from January to December. Instead, the Bible is based off of the Hebrew calendar. Say the Hebrew calendar. Hebrew calendar has four different starts depending on the purpose. Check this out. This concept is important because it communicates that God is constantly creating new beginnings by design. Mm. Which means every time the season changes, God say, I'm creating a new beginning. Literally, today, watch me, Passover is one of those four new starts. Y'all don't know when to shout online. I need you to hear me. Passover is one of those four new starts of the year. What are you telling me, Bishop? God says, listen, I just decided in the middle of chaos for the world, I just decided to hit a reset for my people. 
And for some of you, you need to hear me. Watch me. This is a brand new beginning for you. There was some stuff that wasn't working out last month and last quarter that God says, I'm about to do something brand new in you and something brand new through you. At Harvest, we don't celebrate things like Lent nor Ash Wednesday nor Good Friday. Every day is good. The reason we don't do it is because those things aren't biblical. Jesus wasn't crucified on a Friday. Um, uh, and, and so, Bishop, how do you know that? Well, I could take you through a very deep biblical study so you could see it. But let's just do simple math. Come on, let's go, Harvest Kids. Let's go. Bible says uh, three days, three nights, Friday night to Sunday morning. Ain't three days. And it's not three nights. Okay? All right. Very good. Just do the math. Just do the math. Now, check this out. We're not against anybody that does honor Lent. We're not against anybody that does honor Ash Wednesday. That's fine. I'm not messing up my skin behind something in the Bible. Let's go. Watch me. The feast. Somebody said the feast. There are seven major feasts. There are seven major feasts. These are called holy convocations. Say holy convocations. Uh, that means a meeting between God and men in which God calls. Check this out. Today, we're having to do something unique because we got to gather, but we're gathering together digitally, which means, watch me, God says, I'm going to show just how strong I am that, watch me, that even with chaos going in the world, you can't shut down the gathering. Now, Prayer, praise, and worship sets an appointment with God, but a feast is an appointment that God sets with you. And the concept was simple. If you fail to honor your appointment, you missed it, watch me, until it happened that time next year. A feast, what did we learn, is an appointed time. Uh, there are, come on, let's see if you've been in good class these last couple of messages. There are two Greek words for time. One is chronos. That's chronological time. One, two, three. The second, which is what today is the beginning of for the spring, is kairos kairos isn't chronological time one two three kairos is watch me a quality of time which means watch me you'll get more done in a kairos moment than you would in a regular moment see when you're in a kairos moment that means it doesn't have to be one two three watch me kairos says 110 y'all are missing what i'm saying see all of the spring feasts represent sudden fast, aggressive movement. And I need you to hear me. That's exactly what's happening in your life. Sudden, fast, aggressive movement. Say it with me. Come on, type it. Sudden, fast, aggressive movement. Now, take this out. There are seven major biblical Hebrew feasts that are embodied in Jesus. And so, watch me. Anybody that believes in Jesus, watch the, we have the opportunity to receive the blessings from the feast. Seven, stay with me is the biblical number of completion. So in seven feasts, we see the picture of entering into God's shalom. Come on. When I honor the feast, I see shalom. Mm. Nothing missing. What's shalom mean? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Now, Jesus is our Passover. We don't have to get the blood of lambs because we had the perfect, spotless, and I shouldn't say we had, we have, the perfect, spotless lamb of God. See, God was like, they ain't getting it. They keep doing the same stuff. Keep going through the same cycles. You ever looked at somebody doing something? You said, you know what? They keep messing this up. So since they can't get it right, I'll just do it myself. That's what God did. God said, you know what? They are really having a tough time. I mean, listen, they struggling with them 10. <laughs> Ten Commandments, right? So God was like, I tell you what, just watch me. What did we learn earlier? Moses was getting prepared before the 430-year mark. Look at me. The Bible says the lamb was slain 
before the foundation of the earth. Which means God said, watch me, I know they're going to run into some challenges. So before they ever get there, I pre-decided that I'm going to step in a body and I'm going to pay the price for them. So what happens? 2,000 years ago at the Passover, Jesus is sacrificed. God in a body. Jesus, Emmanuel, the Anthropos, 100% God, 100% man. Someone's man, you can't believe he's God. Someone's God, you can't believe he's man. See, he's got to come live as a man because the Bible says that in the earth realm, that's the law. You have to be a human. So he couldn't just come in some spiritual sense because he would break the law he made. And he's so committed to his word, he won't break it. That's why the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one uh, jot or tittle of his word will pass away. Which means God says, I'm so committed to my word, even I keep it. I could just change it by executive order, but I choose not to. I decide to keep it to show my people how to be consistent to their word. You got me? So listen, he comes and watch me. He is crucified at the Passover. He is the Passover lamb. And his blood is shed. Seven places, interestingly enough, that his blood is shed. And the Bible says that the blood is an instrument of redemption. Which means every place his blood dropped, he was picking up something for me. Every place his blood dropped, he was getting something for me. That's why, can I give you some examples? That's why when the blood fell, watch me, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had hematidrosis. What is that, Bishop? That's a fancy medical term. It just simply means his sweat glands. He was under so much stress and pressure as a man. Watch me. Because he's a man and he's God at the same time. He was under so much stress and pressure that, watch me, that his, uh, the vessels in his sweat glands begin to burst and they begin to mix with his sweat. So then as he's sweating, blood begins to come down. But where did he drop that blood? In the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, where did things get messed up? Let's go back to Genesis in the garden. Come on here. So when he drops his blood in the garden of Gethsemane, watch me, he's literally going back to undo what Adam did because every place he drops his blood, what is he doing? He's buying something for me. So he drops his blood to get something for me. He drops his blood to pick up something for me. Why does the Bible say that they put a crown of thorns on his head? Watch me. When they put the crown on him, they were trying to mock him and say, here he is, a king. What they didn't understand is he was buying, watch me, he was buying the ability for you and I to be kings and priests today. Can I teach you for just a moment? And then when they put that crown of thorns on his head, what did it do? It punctured his brow. Hmm, hmm, hmm. If you go back to Genesis, you'll discover that the Bible said, watch me, he says, cursed is the ground for your sake, from the sweat of your brow shall you eat bread. Which means when his blood, watch me, when they punctured his brow, they were undoing the curse that, watch me, that everything I get has to come with a struggle. Some of y'all need to hear me. The rest of this year and the rest of this decade, you better get ready for some stuff that comes to you easy. You've already paid for it. You've already been through hell. And God says, listen, you paid for this in 18. You paid for this in 19. What I'm about to do for you, baby, it's going to come easy. Type easy on the screen. Easy, 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 easy. But then watch me. It gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Because, because then when they puncture his brow and they puncture the upper part of his head, then the blood begins to flow down his face. Mm. 
So watch me. That means it covers his eyes. We walk by faith, not by Come on. But then it covers his ears. Watch me. Faith comes by hearing. Come on here, y'all. Every place his blood, every place that his blood was shed, it was literally buying something for us. I need you to open your mouth and say, he is my Passover. Come on, y'all. Come on. Say it with me. Say, he is my Passover. So in all of this, watch me. Watch me. This is the feast we're in right now. But can I take a few minutes to show you how we got here? Can I walk with you through the scripture? Remember, God uses Pharaoh as a mirror to Moses. So the plagues are designed to get Moses to purge his pride. Look at me. What plagues are plaguing you that you're ignoring? Stay with me. What challenges are facing you? That you are missing the lesson because you're trying to run out of the challenge. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me right there. What valley are you in that you're trying so desperately to get out of that you do not even recognize what the valley was designed to teach you? See, what you don't beat, you repeat. I'm going to say that again. Let me back that thing up. What you don't beat, you repeat. So 10 plagues they go through, and they were all designed to perfect something in Moses. But let's be honest, y'all, they weren't necessary. I need you to hear that. Say, but somebody open your mouth say, it wasn't necessary. Moses' pride activated a scripture that was yet to be written. Proverbs 16, 18. I need you to catch that. Pride will activate unnecessary decreases in your altitude. And you can go from flying high to living low in a few minutes. And you will blame it, watch me, on the economy. And God says it was your pride. Y'all don't want to hear me tonight, but I need you. Listen, I've been sent to set you free tonight. I need you not to tune me out. Watch me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Because God, God protected his people in the midst of the plagues. But Moses and Aaron had to deal with Pharaoh in the midst of the plagues, which means they were exposed to the plagues. What are you saying? Maybe it's not the environment. Maybe it's you. I need y'all to hear me. Because God has the power to supersede the economy. And say, listen, I'm a product of that. I shared some of my testimony a couple messages ago. I watched an entire industry. I built an amazing business and collapse. Now, you want to know what's amazing? It should have been the end. Y'all about to make me start shouting here. If I run off the stage, that means cue to shout music. It should have been the end. It should have literally been the end. Because my entire industry, all of the new offices I just opened, everything collapsed on a Saturday morning while I was watching the news. Amazingly, in the midst of that collapse, I didn't. (laughs) And I'm not saying that for no other reason. I feel like praising right here, except to say God was good to me and he kept me in the midst of uncertainty and change. So let's see. The 10 plagues that came represent the process of getting denuded. 
<laughs> Let's give him the message title one more time just so that y'all are with me. All right, and if you're just coming in, I didn't say get in the nude. Keep your clothes on. Some of y'all are like, I've been waiting on somebody to tell you. <laughs> Mm -mm, Not yet. Church will be over in five, ten minutes. Not yet. Mm -mm. Let's get denude. Look at me. What does that mean? To uncover. Look at me, guys. The ten plagues were designed for Moses to see himself in Pharaoh, but he never does it. It takes ten. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, it doesn't take me that long. Say it. See, the Bible says even when he took them out of Egypt, that he knew they were scared to fight, so he took them the long way. See, you can fake me out, but you can't fake God out. You can fake your neighbor out, but you can't fake God out. Here it is, guys. The first plague. You ready? The first plague. See, this was bigger than getting them out of Egypt. It was supposed to get Egypt not only out of the people, but out of Moses. Because remember, before Moses spent 40 years... Because here's the question. Where did he get his pride from? Hmm? Where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? Because he spent part of his life walking amongst privileged Egyptians. Ooh-wee. Question, where do you get your arrogance from? Where do you get your pride from? Pride is often a protective mechanism to prevent hurt. So often, watch me, when you find pride, if you trace it deep enough, you'll find hurt. You got it? Where'd he get it from? See, check this out. It was about God showing faith, uh, Moses himself, but it was also about the people. Because what have they been under for 40 or for 430 years? They've been, as they've been slaves, but watch me, they have been under the spirit of pride. See, watch me. When you are, watch me, when you are under pride, woo, then you'll think pride is okay. See, some of y'all think it's all right to act like that because you saw your mama do it. You think it's okay to act like that because you saw your daddy do it. You think it's okay to act like that because you've seen people in your life do it. But I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, purge my pride. Say it again. Say, I release my pride. So here it is. Let's walk this through. These ten plagues. I'm going to hit them real fast. Can I hit them real fast? All right. Can I get a few of y'all to put ten on the screen for me? Ten on YouTube. Ten on Facebook. Put a few tens on there. All right. Here we go. The first plague, water into blood. Fish died. And what does this mean? Watch me. Everything in the water has got to die because it cannot be sustained because the water is now blood. Blood cannot sustain, watch me, the same thing water does. Y'all ready? What does this represent? Watch me. Stagnation. The first plague, Moses, is you ain't going nowhere. Your plane is in a stall. <laughs> Let me help from some of y'all that don't know what that means in aviation terms. In aviation, the planes have to fly with their nose slightly up. If it pitches too high and becomes arrogant, it goes into what's called an aerodynamic stall, which means there's not enough lift under the wings. Watch me. So your arrogance removes your lift so you fall out the sky. Did y'all hear what I just said? And so what happens for some people, watch me, is that your arrogance makes you stagnate and you begin to stall. And when you stall, watch me, you just literally fall out of the sky. Here's the second plague. You would think Moses would have some gratitude. You would think the people would have some gratitude, but they don't. 
Here's the second plague, the frogs. So watch me. Now you've got stagnation mixed with annoying problems. You just been annoyed. <laughs> I mean, little annoying problems. Like, you know, the little thing ain't working. You, okay, let's, can we have an honest conversation? You ever had a piece of technology not work and you get mad at God? Be honest with me. I'm just sick of this thing, Lord. Why won't you let this thing work for me? As if God got in your Android or your Apple. No jokes. I'm on Android quarantine. For the rest of All right. Check this out. Pharaoh was about to let them go. You want to know what Pharaoh does? Let me show you how, how God is so behind this thing. Pharaoh says, go pray to your God to let the frogs leave, and I'm going to let y'all go. Because remember, Pharaoh's natural inclination is to let them go. Pharaoh doesn't want to keep them. God wants them kept. Because <laughs> he's like, y'all ain't ready for where I'm about to take you, and you're about to be free, and you can't be that arrogant when you're free. You're about to be prideful. You're going to a new altitude. I need everybody on every digital campus to just type it on the screen. Say, I'm going to a new altitude. But watch me. And then guess what happens? Moses prays. The frogs leave. And guess what? Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Pharaoh says, you know what? On second thought, y'all ain't going nowhere. Go and sit down somewhere. Sit down somewhere. Here's the third plague. Lice or gnats. Check this out. Not only have you had stagnation, you stalled. Fell out the air. You're dealing with annoying problems. Now you, watch me, you're dealing with people who don't keep their word. Ooh. You're dealing with people who don't keep their word, and watch me, and God made them not keep it. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Y'all ain't ready for that. That's too deep. That's too deep. That's too deep. That's too deep. Let's go. Third plague. Now you got gnats. What's that? You ever been walking, running, and hit a swarm? And they're all in your face, and you can't seem to escape them. You ever had them get in your eyes, get in your mouth? You know, you watch me. What does this mean? What does this mean? Is that now you got something that's always in your face wherever you go? It's like bad breath. Watch me. A bad record, bad credit, a bad reputation. A bad attitude. <laughs> Wherever you go, the gnats are there. Why are the gnats there? Because of the bloody water. Which means, watch me, there's an ecosystem of your problems you're not understanding. See, so you think they're independent and have nothing to do with one another. And God says, this got something to do with this. This got something to do with this. They're all connected because I'm trying to get that pride out of you. Because come April, I'm taking you to a new altitude. Come this decade, I'm taking you to a new altitude. So watch, let's go. Four plague, there's flies everywhere. <laughs> Except where the Israelites live. Except where the Hebrews live. So now we're watching a shift in the plagues because God says, I want to start making a difference so that you all will see I'm with you. So I need you to act like me. This is what God's saying to his people. See, I'm not with the Egyptians. I'm with you. 
And the reason what happened to them didn't happen to you is because I'm trying to get you to see I'm with you and I need your attitude to match my attitude. I'm not prideful, God says, so you can't be prideful. I'm not arrogant, so you can't be arrogant. I have gratitude, so you got to have gratitude. God says, I need you to act like me, which is why I let that happen to them and not to you. You ready? Fifth plague, the Egyptian cattle dies, not the Hebrews. Same thing. God says, I'm going to mess with their commerce. What does cattle represent? It represents industry. In an agricultural society, it represents the way they made money, the way they made clothes, the way they built business. If you had a lot of cattle, you could have great business. You were successful if you had a lot of cattle. You were successful if you had a lot of that. Check this out. God says, I'm going to mess with their economy. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. He says, but I'm not going to mess with yours. In fact, I'm going to let you do better. I need you to know I'm with you and not with them. But I need you to act like me, God says. Because you can't have that pride because God says, I ain't got it. Y'all ready? Here's the sixth plague. Boils on the Egyptians. So he shifts from their economy to their health. I'm just reading you the Bible. That's all I'm doing. He shifts from their economy to their health. He says, watch me. He says, for you, my people, I got y'all. He says, but I need y'all to represent me. Because what are we doing? You're about to be out of Egypt. So now I'm shifting the mirror. (laughs) I needed you to see Pharaoh at first so you could purge your pride, Moses. I needed you to see Pharaoh's pride because it was a mirror to you. Now I'm letting you see my grace. I'm letting you see my goodness. The mirror shifting from Pharaoh to God. Do you see this? See, the reason these things don't happen to them is because God says, I'm about to take you out to take you in. So I'm shifting the mirror from your enemy and I'm shifting the mirror to your God. Did you catch that? So watch. Seventh plague. Hell and fire rain from heaven. Hellfire. Yet it didn't consume the Hebrews land. So now he messes with the country. <laughs> All of this is before the Passover. What's today? Passover. Hey, Basha. Come on, y'all. So now God says, I'm going to mess with the country. He says, because I'm going to let it rain hail and fire. Watch me. On the Egyptians. But not your land. You're going to watch their land burn while I protect yours because I need you to see my grace so that when you leave Egypt you leave watch me pride free I need you to open your mouth and say Lord I release my pride here's the eighth plague I'm almost done guys the eighth plague locusts fill the whole earth locusts are interesting because locusts are Hebrew idiom they are Hebrew idiom what does that mean It says one thing, but it actually means something else. It's an image, right? Hebrew idiom for this, bad decisions. You ready? God says, their bad decisions, watch me, 
aren't just affecting their country. Come here, come here, come here. Their bad decisions are affecting the whole earth. All of this happens before the Passover. The Passover is when? Tonight. Locusts fill the whole earth, which means bad decisions. See, some of y'all, you're looking like, now. why don't they do this? 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 Because God says, I'm about to do something for my people. And I need my people not to act like the Egyptians. I need them not to be in fear. I need them not to be in anxiety. I need them not to be in panic. I need them not to be in worry. Bad decisions fill the whole earth. Everybody doing the wrong thing to try to stop something. All of this happens before the Passover. When is the Passover? Tonight. 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 Who is it for? Us. Come on, digital campuses. Type it on the screen and say, it's for us. I, 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 I say it's for us. This thing is good to me. All right, let me go. The ninth plague. You ready? Darkness fills the whole land. Exodus 11, 30, or 11 and 23. Exodus 11, 23. Darkness. Say darkness. Darkness represents... The absence of the knowledge of God. What is God? Love. What is love? A form of hope. Love is a decision, which means you're hoping for something. Stay with me. So the absence, look at me. So the absence, watch me, of light or the presence of darkness, look at me, y'all, means the absence of hope. So it's dark because there's no knowledge of God, which means there's the absence of hope. All of this happens before the Passover. When is the Passover? Tonight. Who is it for? Us. So let's look at Exodus 11, 23. They did not see, here we are in the ninth plague, one another. Nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. So what's going on in Egypt? Social distancing and quarantine. What we're dealing with now is not the first time this has happened. If you study your Bible, it's happened several times before. Because whenever God, remember Passover is one of those four new beginnings. Those four new starts in the year. God says, listen, what is freaking the world out is about to be a new beginning for my church. A new beginning for my people. A new beginning. And if you're not a believer in Jesus, in just about 30 seconds, I'm going to give you an invitation. So that everything I'm preaching tonight applies to you. So for three days and three nights, they got stay-at-home orders. They didn't see one another. They didn't have FaceTime. They didn't have, uh, what did they, Android users use? WhatsApp? They didn't have that. No, I mean, I'm just saying, y'all don't have FaceTime. That's all I'm saying. Y'all don't have FaceTime. Nor did anyone rise from his place. Why? Because they have no hope. Some of y'all ain't showered all day. Get up after church. Go turn that water on. Let it get nice and steamy. I'm just telling you how to take a shower like I take a shower. And I need you to wash. Since you ain't took one all day, you can't just wash. You have to wash. 
from the rooter to the tutor. Watch, listen. They're on social distancing. They're on quarantine. Got it? They got stay-at-home orders. They say, everybody work from home. Look, but God's people could see. I'm about to give you a place to shout. But God's people could see the light. And I need you to type on the screen, I see the light. What does that mean? I've got hope, baby. And my hope has a name. And his name is? His name is? Yeah. 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 So here we are. I'm done. It's a feast night, so y'all know I teach a little longer than normal on the feast. So here we are, the 10th plague. After the social distancing, you missed it. After, I need you to open your mouth and say a swift end. You don't get to last that long, Corona. Shout a swift end to the outbreak. There was an after. There will be life after this. And for those of you who are struggling because you've lost someone, I need you to hear me. You need to thank God because the Bible says to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And I know you might be grieving right now. Look at me. I know you might be grieving. I know you may feel sad, but I need you to hear that there is life after this. They would want you to rise up and live and continue to move. And I need you to know you need to make their life count. How? By being everything you can possibly be. By accomplishing everything you can possibly accomplish. Let me go. Say the last plague. So we are the 10th plague. Here it is. Now social distancing is over. Quarantine is over. Stay-at-home orders are over. People are coming back out, having a good time. Cooking out, putting stuff on the grill, playing cards. Some of y'all literally been stocking up. That's where all the tissue is. You've been stocking up for your party. That's what... Listen, y- y'all already know we can't wait. Some of y'all already planning. You like the moment. Let them accidentally type it on the site. I'm... Here's 10. Y'all ready? Here it is. I'm about to shout. We're going to take communion. Get your communion ready. If you don't have your communion ready, get it ready. Let me go ahead and add mine now too. All right, get it ready. Here's the last plague. Say, and everything's about to change. Come on, say it with me, say, and everything's about to change. So the last plague is the the firstborn sons of the Egyptians die. And the firstborn son of the Egyptians' livestock die. What does firstborn mean? It represents their legacy. It represents the future. It represents their inheritance. Look at me. When they felt like they had no future... When the Egyptians were filled to a place where they felt like they had no future because the plan, watch me, your firstborn represents your plan. When their plan doesn't work and their plan dies and their plan is gone, something happens quick, fast, and in a hurry. The reason I need you not dependent on the government is because the government ain't your source. The reason I need you not to be dependent on people is because people aren't your source. Can I tell you what the plague should have shown everybody? Watch me. Is that God is our source. 
And that's what the Bible says, unless the Lord guard the house, he who stays up all night is doing it in vain. So here we are, Exodus, watch me, Exodus chapter 12, verse number 13. You ready? Exodus chapter 12, verse number 13. You ready? Exodus chapter 12, verse number 13. You ready? Here it is. It says, the blood shall be a sign for you. Why have I been having you say my house is next? Why won't I say my life is next? Because I've been trying to get you to line up with scripture. On the houses. Here you are. You ready? And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And I need you to open your mouth and say the next part of the line with me. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I'm handling them. See, for some of you, watch me. I need to just, can I get prophetic? Let me just go here for a second. For some of you, this is going to be the season God says, I'm coming around to deal with your enemies. For some of you, God says, this is going to be the time I'm coming back around. They thought they got away with lying, cheating, and stealing, and doing your dirty. God says, I'm coming back around. I didn't forget that thing. Somebody holler, he's passing over. So let's, I want you to put your name. When it says you, I want you to say your name. And then I'm going to give you this last piece, and then we're going to receive communion with them. Are you being blessed online? You being blessed online? On the East Coast, I know it's almost 11. Guess what? You all right. You good. What you got to do? Hmm? Where are you going? Huh? All right. Here it is. You ready? <laughs> Love you guys. All right. Let's go. And when I see the blood, well, whose blood do we have? Jesus. I need you to say the blood covers me. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Say your name. And no plague will befall. Say your name. To destroy. Say your name. When I destroy and strike the land of Egypt. No, no, no. no. Somebody say, that's the last plague. Say, and that's the Passover. But let me give you some bonus scriptures. Can I give you some bonus ones? Since it's a feast day. Y'all know on a feast day, I always give you a little bit more message. Verses 33 through 36. Let me give you some, some in that same chapter. Let me give you some bonus verses. Verses 33 through 36. Because I need you to know what happens next. Look at me. Stop to my, I'm just so fearful. I don't know what's going to, I'm about to tell you the next scene. I'm about to tell you the next scene. The reason we don't need to have fear, anxiety, or panic, because we already have evidence of how this movie plays. You ever been to a horror movie and knew what was next? You knew the, 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 you know, the scary person was coming, and so what's about to happen? They running, what's about to happen? Somebody about to fall. <laughs> right? Okay? Here's the deal. Let me tell you what's about to happen. So for everybody talking about, I'm just so scared about the future, let me tell you your future. Call me now. You ain't even got to call me. Stream me now. Let me tell you what's about to happen. Let me show you something. Verse 33. Ah! The Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. I need you to open your mouth and say, big things are about to happen for me real fast. Next verse. So the people took their dough before it was leavened. 
They're kneading bowls being bound up in the cloaks on their shoulders. So this is why it's called the Feast of Unleavened Bread because the bread didn't have time to proof. The people of Israel had also done, you ready? As Bishop told them. For they asked the Egyptians for silver and gold and clothing. Now they were slaves. You missed it. I need you to say this time is working for me. Come on, y'all. I need you to open your mouth and say that. Say, I will maximize this time. Say, we're all coming out better. Here it is. Let me finish. Y'all ready? Verse 36. Verse 36 is the verse where I'm going to let you read it, and then I need you to respond however you want to respond. Okay? Let's go. And the Lord had given the people favor. When did he do it? Passover. What's today? What's today? What's coming your way? Favor. What's coming your way? What's coming your way? Favor. Let's go. I want you to read it with me. He had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So they let them have what they asked. Stop. We about to pray. I said, we're about to pray. When did they get what they asked for? Passover. What's today? Passover. What are we about to do? Pray. What's going to happen when we pray? What you pray for is coming your way. I need some of you to type that on the screen. What I pray for is coming my way. Let's go. Let's go. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Let me see if I can help you with this. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. When does it transfer? When does it transfer? Passover. I need you to open your mouth and give God five seconds of radical praise. Go. Yeah. Say, say it's coming. 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 So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write three specific prayer requests right now. Everybody. If you're on one of my digital campuses right now, we all are. There's very few of us here in this building, but I tell you, it's electric in here. We're social distancing, but it's electric. Wookie, wookie, wookie. <laughs> Listen, three prayer requests. Write them down. If you want to type them on the chat on YouTube or Facebook, type them. Everybody, please follow this instruction. Okay, go back to that scripture, uh, uh, verse 35, 12:35. The people followed the instructions. Please follow my instructions. And hear my heart, guys. This isn't about just trying to get cash, cars, and clothes. I'm not at all saying let's be materialistic with God. What I'm saying is God set the Passover up to do something for his people. When did all those plagues happen? Before the Passover. What is tonight? The Passover. What happened on the Passover? They asked the people for what they wanted. 
What did God give them? Favor. What they get? What they asked for. Just three, just three, just three. Not four, not two, not one, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get your three. And I want you to just say this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let me write my three, two. Say, in the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare, according to your word, I just read for myself. This is your Passover. You are my Passover lamb. And in your name, I receive what you've ordained for me. I present these prayer requests to you. And I ask you to move on my behalf just like you did for the Hebrews. You are my Passover. And I shall plunder the Egyptians. I will not walk in fear. I will not walk in anxiety. I will not walk in panic. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly... 
we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.